Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Uriyidi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. You do not just wake up one day and have success simply waiting for you on the breakfast table. If there's anything to be gained from the powerful conversations I've had the privilege to share with you so far, it's the very real fact that success is not a coincidence, not an event, but a mindset. To seek, speak, embody, and achieve success is a truly powerful endeavor. It takes patience, dedication, grit, and the will to stay persistent through the good as well as the bad times. For those of us who have chosen to walk the path of personal growth and achievement, there happens to be a word that plainly resonates with us and defines this particular state of mind. We call them winners. An empowering disposition that has defined my next guest, David Germain, and his journey from humble childhood beginnings to a top-level real estate broker, savvy investor, motivational speaker, youth counselor, and all-around impactful being. David's intense, no-nonsense, yet always humble words were such a welcome treat as we discussed the importance of not letting your origins define your destination, freeing yourself from your own limiting beliefs, being relentless with your vision and efforts, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 94 with David Germain. Here we go. What I really want, why I wanted to have you on the program, David, um, because like I said, I've said this off the air and I'm going to really going to say it now so it's going to record it into the universe. I genuinely respect and applaud everything that you're doing. Um, it's not Thank just you. about, you know, real estate, but it's also about promoting a tremendous and powerful message of excellence and always and never settling for lesser than. You know, yes. a lot of people like yes. to say that, you know, excellence can never be achieved and everything. But yeah, but you can try and you can keep aiming towards that. I don't even like the word you use, try, because try, even the word itself means to refuse yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And see, that's that's the kind of, you know, empowering statement that really humbles me in terms of uh, respect and appreciation for like minded people just like yourself who will not settle for lesser than who will not settle for like just the basic standard who will not settle for like a minimum level of because we and this is just stuff that i'm noticing and if i'm wrong you can just feel free to correct me on that sometimes a lot of people like to say that okay what is your plan why why are you trying so hard that stuff like really for some reason because i believe that we all have to aim towards growth and you should not settle for your you know, whatever individual condition you should try, I'm sorry, try, you should strive to do right. better. And where have, just to launch off the conversation, David, where has that spark, where has that fire started for you? Can you think of like, you know, as far back as you can, yeah. where that started for um, you? So, you know, the thing is, I come from no silver spoon. Uh, my mother's an immigrant from the island of Jamaica and my father's from the island of Haiti. And if you know anything about those two islands, um, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities and poverty. So, you know, just like the American dream, a lot of people come over here. Uh, my mom came here and when she started, you know, 
uh, this journey once you transition to America. Um, you know, just like most immigrants here, you know, trying to find her way. And, you know, the thing about it, I never knew I was poor growing up. You know, we grew up on welfare and food stamps. And I remember, you know, um, those days where we had to depend on the government to actually, you know, carry us through. But I saw my mother firsthand, you know, basically work her way through. She, even though, you know, sometimes as immigrants here, they try to downplay you, um, but we need all immigrants here. And I never understood why the Trump administration, you know, I didn't even want to call them a 45, uh, tries to make it so hard. But, you know, just seeing the work ethic of my mom, um, that never give up, uh, she told me a story, um, because as an immigrant, it was so hard to get a job without, without having, you know, the proper paperwork or visas. Mm-hmm, and can imagine. she was going down to Wall Street. And, you know, this is during the 70s, during hyperinflation, right? This is when, you know, there was a lot of an unemployment at the time. And mm-hmm. she said that, you know, she was determined to get a job. Mm-hmm. And... She told me the story that she went down to one of these Wall Street, Wall Street firms and, you know, because she, she graduated with her accounting degree in Jamaica. And she's like, you know what, I'm going to get a job. So, you know, unfortunately, when she went to the jobs, they all told her, we don't have any positions here. And she said, you know what, I'll be back tomorrow. So, again, she went there again the next day. They told her, ma'am, we don't have any positions here. She said, I'll be back tomorrow. And she did that over and over again. And eventually on the fifth time, right, the guy said, okay, man, just so I don't see your face, you can start cleaning the bathrooms and cleaning, you know, the office. And that's how she started her journey of getting a job um, here in the time when unemployment was at an all-time high. And she always told me that story to never give up. You know, no matter what people say, never take no for an answer. And I think that's where I got that tenacity and that relentlessness from. Um, uh-huh. Because it was modeled in front of me. And eventually when she had me as the firstborn of three, uh, she then got into becoming a teacher, you know. And oh, wow. then she passed on that gift because she wanted to be home. Because, you know, a lot of times when a uh, woman have kids, you know, they want to now be home with their kids. But unfortunately, the way the laws are set up where you only have maybe a month or six weeks, you know, which is crazy that you have to bond with the child. But now you feel guilty when you're actually at work and you want to be there for the kids. So then you got to put your kid in daycare or, or have, you know, family or friends or, that you trust mm-hmm. to take care of your kid. So, you know, it's gotta be heavy. Me, yeah. And she decided to get into the education field, being a teacher. At that time in the eighties, um, salaries for teacher, even today, you know, sal- salaries are still underserved, but salaries for teachers back then, I mean, she was not making a lot of money back then. I think if I can remember I seen some of her uh her income tax statements back then, it was like thirteen thousand and Eighteen thousand dollars. Oh wow! Like, wow, how did you even survive? You know, but you remember, and it was during hyperinflation too. You know, so she was able to make 
something out of nothing. She couldn't buy us everything and get us everything that we wanted, but she gave us a lot of love. She gave us a lot of wisdom. And I learned, she said, you know, a fool and his money shall depart. You know, wisdom is better than silver and gold. You know, a lot of people pray for more money, but at the end of the day, when you get the money, you don't know what to do with it. You're still going to lose your money, right? So wisdom is where you can actually learn how to make your money work for you. And these are some of the things that my mother instilled and taught me from that day. And all she knew was the American dream. And the American dream at that time and still is, is to purchase a home, you know? And that's all she knew. And how we even got our first home, um, I got hit by a car when I was in third grade in elementary no school. And thank God I don't look like, I don't look what I've been through. And I have, you know, steel plate in my jaw, Mike Kanye West. <laughs> you know, I got false teeth from the accident. You know, thank God I'm not deformed. I don't have any, you know, serious complications. I from really couldn't accident. tell. Had you not told me, I really couldn't tell. Wow. Amen. Right. So Amen. to God be the glory on that. And, you know, here it is when I'm young. Um, the guy ran a red light, hit me, um, and I shattered my jaw and everything. And uh, I don't remember nothing after that, but I got a settlement. And I got a settlement for about $100,000. Now, the thing is, you know, my father, he had left me when I was five years old. So I didn't really have a model of somebody. Oh, wow. Who can actually like you know because he was in the vietnam war mm-hmm. and unfortunately like a lot of war veterans who come back with ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder and they couldn't come back to jobs here they find a war that muhammad ali went to jail for because he said i'm not going to fight america's war you know but unfortunately he won that war and came back a different person i mean think about it you're seeing people getting killed and and bombs and everything like that, you're going to be affected by that. I that scars you for life. Right now, exactly, mentally. And that messed with his head. And he couldn't deal, I mean, in the 80s and the 90s when the drug epidemic came out, when cracking cocaine and we're living in the ghetto, you're hearing gunshots from all the drug dealers. So every time he would hear a gunshot, he would think that he's in Vietnam. You know, it was a lot, you know, to deal with. So, you know, after the settlement, um, you know, not having anybody to kind of manage or tell me or tell me how to use my money wisely. And at 18 years old, I thought I was a big man. I thought I knew it all. And when you're 18, you don't really know anything, but you think you know it all. And I actually blew $90,000 within four months. <laughs> 90K? I did. $90,000 within four months. I blew up back in the 90s. If you could think back to that era, you know, the hot cars back then were like the Acura Legend and the Nissan Maximas. And, you know, when you got the car, you had to get the rims and you got to get the system and you got to get the TVs. I did all of this even before putting insurance on the car. That's to show you how I was at the time. And the dealer, he really saw me coming out. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, I really didn't have any financial literacy. So, but one decision can set you forward 20 years and one bad decision can set you back 20 years. And we all know people who made one bad decision that got set back 20 years. And some of them oh, you can boy. look through a glass, right? 
And because my mother believed in the American dream, which is home ownership, she took the last $10,000 that I had and invested it to buy, to use it as a down payment to buy a property in an area called Park Slope, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, which literally minutes walking now to the new Barclays Center where the Brooklyn Nets play. Oh. And that one property and one decision changed the last name and the legacy of my family. And that's the reason why I can talk from a position of strength because I actually lived it. I actually seen, you know, you witnessed it. property in 1993 for 130000 And now that same property now is valued at, I mean, New York is a different market than most markets. Mm-hmm. It's valued around $2.4 That initial $10,000. investment that I always said to myself, if my mom didn't actually take this money from me, I would have just blew it on clothes and vacations and jewelry and all the other dumb stuff that, you know, we call the hood rich stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that I saw when it, back then when the video music box was out when Ralph McDaniels, if you know anything about that, that's mm-hmm. what we used to come home to watch. And, you know, we watching the rappers because the TV raised us, the Cosby show raised us, different world raised us. You know, unfortunately, you know, because my mother had to go work. The TV raises, but you know what? That TV is a, <laughs> I call it the television, you know, to live vision. I'm so moved by everything you just told me right now because there's so many questions, just like that's the thing. Because these are this is the beauty of these innocent and naive conversations. There's so much revelation and so much truth in what you just shared. You know, you talked about the importance of decision, of how one choice can set the course of your life in more ways than one that you might not imagine. And what I heard, and you're probably going to, I just would like you to springboard on that one. You have to um, surround yourself with the right people because when you know, when, like you said it yourself, the, let's go, let's call it the idiocy and, mm-hmm. you know, of youth. And if yeah. you don't have the right circle, the right guidance around you, yep. that can be seriously detrimental for the long term. Yes. You know, it says in the Bible, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, also, and then the other thing is where there's no vision, the people perish. And unfortunately, the way America is set up is to actually take advantage of our naivety and our ignorance surrounding money, surrounding real estate, surrounding investments, because now that's how I can have a predatory loan and take advantage of you. Because the borrower is always slave to the lender, mm-hmm. right? And then once you start understanding how the game is played here, where as an individual working a W-2 job or working for somebody, I did that for 15 years, right? And I realized that formula doesn't get you wealthy here, right? The wealthy, they start corporations, businesses, they invest their money, meaning passive income, um, you know, and they actually learn how to invest in stocks and bonds. These are the things, unfortunately, that's not taught to us in our schools. And no, it's purposely not. done, right? It's purposely done because I want you to come work for me so you can be my worker, right? And then you're right, your salary is a write-off. But unfortunately, we don't know the game. You know, when we played Monopoly as a kid, 
we didn't realize that was the blueprint for life. We never realized that. And that's basically how the game is playing. And the game hasn't really changed over time. The knowledge is, the knowledge is more accessible now. But Monopoly is basically how the game is still played in a lot of corporations and yep. a lot of mindsets. But we just didn't know. Yep. And that's the number one thing, too, with mindset, right? Um, my pastor, A.R. Bernardi, from Christian Culture Center, said, the quality of your thinking determines the quality of your life. And the moment I changed the quality of my thinking, that's when the quality of my life changed. And a you lot really of believe that? The change in mindset? Every, the, big, the most important real estate, the most expensive real estate, is right between your left ear and your right ear. That's the most expensive real estate on the planet, right? Because people's mindset, I mean, think about it. You can think of an invention. A business is a thought, right? Uh-huh. They're inventions. You know, they say the diamond mines in Africa or the oil fields in the Middle East, you know, but the most expensive place on earth is the graveyard. It is dreams that never were fulfilled, books that should have been written, inventions that should have been made, business that should have started, you know? I mean, sometimes, you know, if you think about some ideas that we all had and like, you know what? I thought of this idea. Now you see that idea on a commercial or infomercial. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know what? I thought about this years ago, but you know what? What stops us? Fear, which is false evidence appearing real. And fear almost crippled me. I was so complacent on my board of ed job where I'm working for the city where back then when they told as a kid they said oh you know the jobs that you should get are working for the government and working for the city because they're so-called safe secure jobs right they're backed by unions right and I believe the hype you know and you know when you get these jobs and let's say the boss doesn't like you or you know I mean, I got fired for things that I, I mean, I didn't even do. You know, when I thought about some of the things that now looking back, I mean, because the, the the manager didn't like me or the principal didn't. I'm like, wow. You know, it wasn't even based off of my work ethic. It was just because they didn't like you, right? I mean, this is some of the things, though. But then think about when you work a job. Like, if me and you work the same job mm-hmm. and we get the same salary, right? We have the same education, same socioeconomic background. But here it is. When you work a job, right, you come into work early, you leave late. You probably take a now, back in the days, it used to be an hour lunch break. Now they cut it down from an hour to 30 minutes to, I heard some people from a 15-minute lunch yep. break, mm-hmm. right? And some people don't even take lunch. They work, right? They just work. work. At their desk. So... Here it is, you work, you didn't even win employee of the month, right? Now, here it is, I come to the same job, I'm lazy, I, I leave late, I come late, I take the two-hour lunch break, right? Now, even though we work the same job, what's going to be the difference between your check who won employee of the month and my check? We both want to get the same check on Friday, whether I worked my ass off or I worked or I didn't work. And that's so not fair. It's no, it's not fair. 
it's not fair. It's even enraging when you have to think of all the hours that you're putting in. And at the very least, you always end up frustrated anyway, because you know that you made the employer money, but what do you have to show for it? You're tired, you're exhausted, and you can't get that time back. Yet it's often said that time is the most important resource that we have to give. And that's the one resource that we're always like dilapidating, just throwing away. We trade hours for dollars. And that's not how the wealthy think. And once I started meeting successful entrepreneurs and, and I got my real estate license um, in 2013, but people told me, you know what? In 2013, that was one of the worst years of my life. I got laid off from my job. Mm-hmm. In 2011, my mother passed away. 2012, I made a bad investment where I lost 300000 in a restaurant deal that wow. went bad. And then 2013, I lost my job. And here it is, after working for a job 15 years, doing more than what I'm even supposed to get paid for, you know? And then one day they just say, David, we no longer need your services. Like it was nothing. Just like that. You know what? It's not personal. It's business. Because you know what? They want to hire staff that's cheaper, younger. Just like when my mother, I noticed when she was getting closer to her pension, even though she worked 30 years, never missed a day. Because they can hire staff twice as young as her, or they can, for paying her six figures, they can hire three people for the same price. And they were trying to stop her from getting her pension. And I said, mm, I'm not going down that road. I'm like, here it is. She dedicated 30 years of her life, and already you're trying to cut her out of her pension? Well, just so we don't have to pay you. Just so we don't have to pay you. So I said, mm, I'm not going to be like that. So, so you that's talk a lot. I learned about commission and real estate. And, you know, when I started, uh, I was in network marketing where I learned about, um, what, uh, you know, just meeting successful people and teaching me different principles and having several different streams of income. I mean, these were all unheard of me, unheard to me at that time, you know, because I was taught to go to school, get education and go work a job. So you've been really on that path first of all from a very early stage but through your own personal circumstances you've learned because we do a lot of reading in terms of like okay it's up to us to do the work you have to want it bad enough to actually exceed to that next level so what i'm hearing from you is that you legitimately saw all the examples in front of you because the universe will give you science i realize that the universe will give you nudges to make you understand like listen this what this greater calling that you're feeling it's not a joke if you want it you have to put in the work and what i'm hearing is that you have to put in the knowledge you have to put in the investment you have to have make some very big mistakes but you had to want it, David. And you also talk a lot about empowering the youth, because I know you're very close to that, really close to your heart. So what are the messages that we can give to our youth right now? Because they're as misguided as, the, as you were, aren't they? Well, I'm going to tell them right now. As I tell them, you know, your gift will make room for you. You see, the thing is, we all can get titles in life, you know, titles on whatever job we get. But you can always get fired from a job, but nobody could ever fire your gift. Your gift will make room for you. And also, you don't get paid for the hour that you bring, right? Meaning you get paid for the value that you bring to the hour, right? The difference between somebody who makes $10 an hour versus the person who has to, let's say, you know, fix a computer who gets paid $1,000 an hour or $500 an hour is their knowledge. Same time... Same 24 hours in a day, 
same time, both people can work an hour. One gets paid ten dollars an hour. One gets paid five hundred dollars an hour, right? Because the market will pay you according to the value that you bring to the market. It's not just time, but it's value. Yes. So we have to change the mindset. And I'm really taking notes here because you're definitely giving me, giving us, you know, this audience, I'm really hoping that in any which way possible that we can move someone's needle forward in the right direction. So it's all about positive mindset. Mm-hmm. Not just positive, right? But it's actually studying successful people, right? Okay. Success leaves clues. Because if you study what millionaires and billionaires do, Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, well, how could I do that coming from the hood? Or how could I? You can go on YouTube University and you can learn from a Warren Buffett. You can learn from a Steve Jobs. You can learn from a um, Larry Ellison or um, now the richest person in the world, which is um, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. These guys, these guys, you know, they share the knowledge. And I'm learning that successful people share their knowledge. But you got to go seek it. You see, the problem is we don't go seek. We seek after the wrong stuff. We go watch Housewives and, you know, the NBA. I mean, no, I don't not basketball. I love basketball. I coach high school basketball. But I said, you know, one of my mentors said, if you really want to watch somebody make a million dollars, turn off the TV. Come watch me make a million dollars. See, the average person spends five to eight hours a day watching television, entertainment. Right, which doesn't even give us an ROI, return on your investment. Unless you have invested in stocks in that company or that network, I don't know why we're even watching TV. Now, think yeah. about it. What's a full-time job? I know in America, it's about 40 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. Same if thing watching here. Five, if you're watching five to eight hours of television a day, think about the time that you just talked about. That If you're doing seven hours, seven times five, that's 35 hours a week that you're wasting watching somebody else, whether it be reality TV, which I don't even think, why are you even watching this stupid, I mean, reality, that's not even reality. It's not reality. I mean, watching people get, you know, famous because they're cute. I mean, what do they bring to the table? What are you learning from them? You know, what we should do is spend using and investing that time learning how to invest in stocks learning how to invest in real estate and learn how to wholesale, learn how to flip a house, learn how to buy a house, right? Learn how to, you know, have life insurance policies and leverage that, leverage your credit, where now you can use the bank's money to make money, you know, find investment vehicles. And these are all strategies that are available to us, David, like if we're just willing to put in the work. It's so empowering what you just said in terms of, you know, um, the knowledge and empowering ourselves and going to YouTube University and, you know, because the knowledge is available. But one thing I wanted to throw you away, and I'm sure you've, you've encountered this, and I don't know how to interpret it, but, you know, when you are on a path towards growth and when you're setting yourself, you understand and you feel that you're going to basically venture outside of your situation, outside of this condition you were born in, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your family, whether it's your personal circumstance, like, let's call it as well. But there's always that friction that will come up where people are going to start saying, what's your problem? Like, like, you know, you think you all that. It's like, you know, it's like, just chill. It's like, you know, don't, don't go all that. The naysayers, 
the opposition, the toxicity? How can we speak the dream killers? How can we, how, how do we deal with that friction? Because it, the natural reaction is like, we don't want to offend. We don't want to seem, right. you know, and um, the uh, dream killers are your family and friends, right? Because here's the thing. When I decided to get in real estate and go for my license in 2013, all my friends and family was like, David, why don't you go out there and get another job, right? And I said, I never seen any millionaires work a job, first and foremost, right? Because I want to be a millionaire. And I know I'm a millionaire, right? You got to have the millionaire. And then what, the book that changed my life was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And also Classic. Any, any book by Jim Rohn. You know, we're reading the seven wealth principles that he explained. And, you know, when you're going after your dream, because people... A lot of people are scared to go after their dreams because they didn't they didn't have the wherewithal or they didn't want to do it or they are actually what they're doing is they think that they're protecting you by saying, you know what, don't open up that business, you know, because look, how many other businesses fail? But what happens if mine succeeds? You know? Or don't go out there and risk, right? But the whole old saying is no risk, no reward. No reward. So if you want to be a safe life and, you know, and never risk anything, because there's a story in the Bible about the 10 talents and you had two, there was three people. One had two talents, one had five talents and one had 10 talents, right? The 10 talents doubled his and made it 20, right? The five doubled his and made it 10. The two, what he did was he buried his talents in the ground to do the safe thing. And guess what? The master was like, why didn't you go out there and double it up? Oh, he thought because he he didn't want to lose or he didn't want to risk it all. And now the master was like, you know what? I'm ashamed of you, right? We all have gifts, talents, and abilities. And there are plenty of people who have been successful who, who are doing what you have done. You know, it's just being around those people. But unfortunately... If your parents only made $30,000 a year or $50,000 a year, they're going to say, well, you know, you want to be a millionaire? There's nobody in our family that is a millionaire. There's nobody in our family that owns a business, you know? And they're going to think by, because that's what their grandparents taught them. That's what they, they're passing down their, their, their philosophy and their ideologies, which, you know what? I said to myself, I'd rather try, I mean, try and do something right? And if I fall flat on my face, what's the worst that could happen? I can go back and get a job. Mm -hmm. But if I do well, right, then at least I can live with myself. Because, you know, they say a lot of people die at the age of 25, right? And you're like, Mm -hmm. how how we die at age 25? Because a lot of us had dreams and aspirations and it was somebody who said to them, a teacher or a mom or a dad or a cousin or a brother said, I can't see you doing that. They did that to Steve Harvey. His teacher said, you want to be on TV? I can't see you being on TV. And now you see him all over, right? He's all over the place. Same thing with me where people, all my friends and family told me, you're crazy for starting a commission-based job when you should get a salary. You know what? Here it is three years later after I bust my butt. A lot of those same people, guess what they're saying to me now? I'm so proud of you. You know, I knew you can do it. And a lot of them are now working for me. 
right? And no kidding. I came back to the job that laid me off. They actually asked me to come back three years later because they heard what I was doing to do career day. And now I make more than the principal, right? Oh, wow. But if I never took the risk, I would never have the reward. But, you see, that's why, you know, fear cripples us all, man. And you don't know what you have, you know, until you, until you try. If you fail, and failure is a part of success. It's not even failure. It's a learning experience. It's part of success. It's a, teacher, it's a teachable moment. I'd rather take a chance and fail than never take a chance at all. Michael Jordan said, when I have to take the shot, I'd rather take the shot and miss than never take the shot at all. So... How do you deal with failure, David? How do I deal with failure? So what I look at is, okay, what did I do wrong? And how can I use this experience to make me better? Because God wastes nothing, right? He wastes nothing because in the valley moments and in the down times is when you find out what you're really made of, right? And you're gonna, and then this has to be, whatever you're doing, it has to be bigger than money or anything. You have to have a why. Like, why you, are you doing this? Because there's going to be moments where it's going to be raining outside or snowing or you don't even feel like going to the office or, you know, picking up a phone or make a call. There's, you're going to have all those moments. But then you have to have those goals and your why staring you in your face. Why I do this? Because I want to build a legacy for not only for me, but my family and my son's family. Like, I'm thinking generation, generationally. I'm not even thinking this generation. I'm trying to think. I want my name to be on the wall, say, because of Uncle David or Grandpa David or whatever, because of his sacrifice, we're living this life now. So right? you're about the end game, not even this generation or next generation. You're even thinking that far down the line. That is correct. A lot of people will call you like, what's up with you and your grandiose vision? Because that's where we're going back to what we were talking about in the beginning. You should have, you know, a vision of excellence. You should have a vision of grandeur. Because what you're saying right now just makes me think of that quote you see going a lot. If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Correct. Correct. And it's funny you said that because now I'm like, now it's not even about me anymore. I want to actually empower and educate as many people as I want, as I can, that I can reach, that really want and looking for something. People out here praying to hear messages like this or to meet people that can, you know, show them the way or mentor them. And, you know, I'm out here because I, I, I paid my dues. And now that when you, when you quote unquote climb the quote unquote mountaintop, which I'm not even at the mountaintop, but then when you look down, and you see all the people at the bottom that's still trying to get to the mountaintop. You want to go back and help them. Because, you know, if God took my life today, I mean, I'll be doing God a disservice by not sharing the information and the knowledge that I have acquired over these years. That would be selfish. You know, you got to pass down this knowledge. That's why you want to journal things down and so that, you know, kids and, and have a book or do things like this podcast that can hopefully live forever. You know, so that somebody else who's listening, who's going through the same thing I was going through when I was thinking about starting my business and having all these reservations, knowing that somebody from the same area, socioeconomic background made it. And you can make it, too, if you really want it bad enough. So at the very least, 
with this message of truth and this disposition that we need to set ourselves up for success. It's important not only to elevate ourselves, but always to remember with humility where we came from. And it's important to actually send the elevator back down and be listen, be you know, opened up to trying to make the situation better yes. for people after us. Okay. Because a lot of people, you know, might want to be like, you know, think too much of ourselves and, you know, we want to basically, you know, not, not consider the fact that, you know, as many people that we can and need help after us. So what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, we always need to stay humble. You don't that want to get rich and switch, as I call it, you know, and then you forget rich and switch. the people, you know, that, that were, because you know what, the thing about it, you can make money, <laughs> you can make a lot of money, but you could also lose it too, right? And then you're going to come back down for those same people that, you know, that helped you along the way. So you never want to think of yourself too highly, you know, and that's what I learned from a lot of my mentors. You know, my millionaire mentors that helped me along the way to get to this journey, you know, they were humble. And these guys are millionaires. And I'm like, wow, they were some of the humblest people I've met or known. Because they, you know, they know that it could go just as quick. How do we empower? Because I'm a young father. I'm a father of two young children. And sometimes I get scared, David. That Can I share a personal story, if you don't mind? Right. I really want to know how this resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Um I was at the supermarket with my son yesterday and uh, we were just waiting in line and like, you know, we're just, just chatting because he's three, right? He's in the shopping cart and um, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, he says, and he asked, um, daddy, like, yeah, man, what's up? Um, Could you pick me up like first? What do you mean by that? Is because like, you know, daycare closes around like 536. And with my, with me leaving the office, I usually come and get him like, you know, he's not the last, but let's just say he's close to last anyway. But the way he asked it, you know, he was very sincere. He just would like to be the first one to leave the daycare. You know, I don't know where that comes from, but it's a genuine request. But I had to look him in the face. It wasn't mean. It wasn't selfish. But I had to rationalize my three-year-old son. Like, son, um, daddy's going to do his best. You know, and this was the best mm-hmm. truth because I can't explain him like, dude, I have a schedule. I close up the shop. I'm 10 minutes away from daycare. You know, some days daddy can leave earlier. I can't do that. But mm-hmm. all I could do was tell him the truth. And at that very moment, David, I here I am just thinking, you know what? Why am I working at nine to five? Why am I having someone else deciding when I should leave for work? Why do I have to justify to my son that, you know what, I have to put someone else as a priority before I can make him a priority? You know, it's not a big request. He's not asking me for comic books or a, sh- or a chocolate bar. He just wants me to pick him up earlier. Right. You understand or where I'm coming from? Trips. Or go on the trips that he goes on at school, you know. And, and that's the thing about, you know, when you go after your dreams and you have a plan and now you realize, you know, I call it the rat race. And you get out of that rat because now that's the catalyst for you. That's going to now, because they say your why has to make you cry, right? And now you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to start rethinking how I'm doing things, right? Because this ain't going to work. And we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, right? So now you're going to find your gift, and then whatever your gift is, it will make room for you. But you see, the thing is, Martin Luther King said, faith is taking the first step without seeing the whole staircase. 
thing is, whatever it is that your heart desires, God will always give you what your heart desires. You just gotta be still and 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 he'll talk and say, This is what I want you to do. And you're like, What? This doesn't make sense, right? Whatever it is, like I even believe like this is your gift. You know, who knows? You could have a radio station or you own the radio station. How about that? You know, I told I told people why why, you know, why be a doctor when you can own the hospital? Be the own the bank, you know. Start thinking bigger because that's why I said the quality of our thinking. When we start thinking big, then we start shooting for the moon. And even if we miss it, we still get halfway there. But we don't think big. A lot of times we think so small because you know, in this society, you know, where you know, being a, a, a black father, you know, we think of we think as men, black men, you know, our confidence is shaken. You know, we're told that we're nobody. We already have all these strikes against us. No, you, we can be anything we want. And Barack Obama is a prime example of that. Anything is possible. I can he proved them all wrong. Because, yes. Wow. And that's so we have to. Call, that's the reason why I called my company Proven Winners, because I have to prove myself everywhere I go. I have to prove it to people. And I'm and... a winner everywhere I go. That's your why. Wow. That is an amazing feeling. An amazing feeling. I don't know why I shared that story, but it just, it was just so raw. It happened to me yesterday and listening to everything that you're saying in terms of how we must own up, you know, to our own potential and just be honest with ourselves where our gift actually lies and actually listen to the universe that came out of nowhere, probably a totally unrelated story. But the way my son asked me that it really left me thinking, I'm like, Mm -hmm. what is such a big deal about him asking me to pick him up? Like I should be able to be able to choose for myself when I pick my son up, like, Hey, he just wants me to pick him up. And the beautiful thing about what I do, I could be with my son any time of the week, any time of the day, any time of the, you know, I don't have to punch a clock. I don't have to say, <coughs> I'm sick, you know, um, can I, I can't make it in today. You know, when you're your own boss and you're in, you're in control of your own income, there's no feeling that's, I mean, it's a liberating feeling. It's like the shackles and the chains are off, you know, knowing that you're in control of your own income. Not No, no one else has that. And nobody can hold that over your head if you want to leave early, if you want to come into work late. Or, you know, I just don't feel like going to work today. You know, you have that luxury. Hope to get that. Especially if you develop several streams of income. Mm-hmm. If you have streams of income, your money, because a lot of us, we're not intentional with our money. And the thing is, me and you can work the same job, make the same salary, right? But yet, I do the 70-30 rule where I'm investing 10% of my income. I'm giving 10% away, right? I believe in tithing. And then Mm -hmm. I'm also saving 10%. And I'm living off of 70%. And if you do that over time, time, that will compound because now you're intentional with your money. So now the the 10% of money that you make, you're investing, that will be towards your down payment, towards the house that you want. That could now you can buy a three-family or two-family where you could rent out one of the units where now you're living mortgage-free. It's this different way of thinking. Everybody keeps thinking as if for some reason that is so complicated, that takes too much time, or it's so tedious, and you're just talking You're just talking smart stuff because you've done it, David. It's like, you know, of, of course it's easy for you, right? It's not easy, but you know what? Anything that's worth anything in life 
is never easy. Because if it was easy, then everybody would do it. I'm glad it's hard. You welcome the toughness. You welcome the grind. Yeah. Because once you overcome that and you get past all of that, you know, a lot of us, we, ch- we stop three feet from goal. We're there because it gets a little tough or there's a little obstacle in the way. Now, think about it, right? I'm going to use an example. Let's say we were in a we were in a building or apartment or whatever, right? And God forbid a fire broke out. Now, this fire is now blocking the front door where you cannot get out through the front door where you normally go in. Now, it's you and your son. God forbid. What are you going to do? You're going to do what? You're going to say, you know what? Woe is me. Let this fire consume me. Or oh no. You're going to say, you know what? I can't go through the front door. The only other option I got to go through right now is through that window. Yes, it's three flights up or two flights up. You know what? I might break. I might cut myself going through the window. I might break a leg. But guess what? You're alive. That's if you want it bad enough. There's some people who will let the fire consume them because they don't want to live bad enough. That's so true, because the fear paralyzes us. Fight, flight, or freeze. It's, a, it's so much that lies within us to change our own circumstance and to shift our path. But all it takes is a decision, David. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. All it takes is a decision. Just like you got a mother, right, who's seeing their son or daughter about to get hit by a car. They will risk their life to run in front of that car to save their kid. That's how bad you got to want it. I'm not saying that you got to die for what you want, but that's how bad you got to want it. They had a mom where her kid was stuck underneath the car. The car ran over the kid's foot or something like that. Kid is crying, screaming at the, you know what that mom, they said, this mother who only weighed maybe 150 pounds, she said she don't know what overcame her, but this woman actually lift the car by herself off of her child. The news reporter said, how did you do that? She said, I'm not going to let my child die. Amazing. We all have that. That is amazing. We like seeds. We like seeds. You see, the thing is, the human, the human life form is the only human life form where we don't live up to our full potential. Every other life form lives up to their full potential, right? So we all have an oak tree inside of us, you know? But the thing about a seed, we got to put it in the right soil. See, if you put a seed next to a windowsill, that seed will stay there forever. It will never grow to its full potential. But if you take that same seed from the windowsill and you put it in some soil and you water it, then it will grow. That's why you said, you know, of who you be, surround yourself with and also what you feed your mind. I'm very conscious of what goes in my head now. And if it really? doesn't serve me, I'm not around. If it doesn't, if, if it's not a win-win situation, if it doesn't make me a better person, if I don't get value from it, I'm not entertaining. So you're conscious of your time. Very. 
See, that's something that, you know, because you promote that a lot, and that's something that I'm so aware of because time is the one resource you can get back. I say this on this program all the time. You have to be conscious about what you dedicate your time to. You spoke Correct. about television. You, it's to just as important. <laughs> to live vision. <laughs> I'm going to steal that one. To live vision. You know, the stuff that you read, gossip news, you know, even the news, like even the news. The news. Like, I don't wa- there you go. Stop watching the news. It's only bad. It makes it feel like the whole world is bad. There's a lot of good that goes on this earth. There's so many good people. But they try to put fear in your mind so they can control your mind. Because once I can put fear into you, I can control you. That's the dialogue. You really need to be aware of that. And so many people have so gotten used to this uh, paradigm that, you know, they just accept it as fact. You know, it's always been this way. Yep. Why should I make the effort? It's always been this way. Wow. So we can change, but we have to put in the work. You know, Warren Buffett made half of his billions after the age of 50. Um, KFC, who started Kentucky Fried Chicken, he was 60-something years old when he started. It's never too late for anybody. We have it within us. It's our choice. There's an 11-year-old millionaire right now. She just got her lemonade in Whole Foods. I've seen a five-year-old make $300,000 selling slime. Are you serious right now? I'm dead serious. You can Google this for a fact. 11-year-old gets her, 11-year-old millionaire has her lemonade in, in um, Whole Foods. You can Google it right now. Wow. Are you serious? This is really a tremendous time to be alive. Wow. Exactly. Wow. That is so true. So an 11-year-old could do it. A 5-year-old could do it. What's our excuse? We have like, no excuse. But we don't study success. See, you see what I studied? This mm-hmm. is what I studied. I studied success. And, I, and I, I could give you real-life successful people who did it. 14-year-old millionaires. You know, it's, they're out there. Michaela Almer, 11-year-old, got her whole full contract for her lemonade business. Yep. Wow. Wow. Bravo, babe. Bravo, little princess. Bravo, little princess. These are the examples I want to show my daughter. This is amazing. You're welcome. Wow. Thank you so much, David. David, I I know you're a very busy guy. I'm not going to keep you. Um, This was such an empowering, enlightening, and dynamic conversation. Um, It's always, you know, a shot in the dark to know how these conversations are going to go. But once you come out the other end so enthused and so energetic, I can't thank you enough. Um, Definitely some tremendous gems, some practical tips um, towards empowering uh, the message of not just ourselves, but our youth, our future generations. David, again, just tipping my hat to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, really. Seriously, seriously. It's amazing. It's amazing. I can only wish you nothing but the best of continued success uh, with Proven Winners Realty. Um, where, can the, where can the listeners connect with you, David? They need to reach you. Um, they can go to my website. You know, you can Google my name or you can go on www.provenwinnersrealty. And my name is David Jermaine with a G. No, Not a problem. 
Definitely. I'll be sure to link that all the all the word presences and their proper contacts on the episode of the blog post once it goes live. Um, always the last yeah. Instagram proven winners, my man proven David. Score winners, proven score winners. Sorry about that. No, not a problem. Not a problem. It's a terrific link, and again, uh, that's it's it's always important to always make sure that you know that the listeners can always connect with the guests if uh, if they probably need to contact you directly and just uh you know just to keep the conversation going. Um, one last thing. Again, it's become uh, you know a close tradition uh, for all the guests just a kind word a quote a thought even a call to action or just a tip that you know the listeners can wake up tomorrow and take that next step you know towards the next level anything you want to leave the listeners with yes i'm going to say my favorite quote by marion hill right marion hill right and it's called our deepest fear right and basically it goes like this sorry All right, here it is. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You're playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not in just some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light, our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's by Marion Williamson. Wow. Changed my life. We all need that guiding, that guidance and that wisdom. And with that, David Germain, with gratitude, with tremendous appreciation and humility for your time and wisdom. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. Um, as always, I'd like to leave it the open invitation to anyone and everyone and all my guests with all the appreciation. Anytime you want to connect again, down the future, down the line, if the universe allows us to connect again, you're more than welcome uh, for a future feature. Probably just you know, try to hit it up and you know, try to keep the conversation going. But just letting you know, it's been a true honor to have you on. So God be the glory. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Guys, here's David Germain. As I said, you can find him on Proven Winners Realty. Uh, also, Proven underscore winners on Instagram. David Germain with a G, G-E-R-M-A-I-N. Just Google him. You can't miss him. Tremendous uh, individual, powerful real estate broker, real estate champion, and definitely a man of tremendous value and wisdom. And with all the appreciation and honor it's been to have him on the podcast. Guys, I'm your host, Olivier Dick, chiming in from Kanzac, uh, Quebec. This has been Awaken the Awesome <laughs> in the can. Wishing you guys a tremendous evening. Stay blessed, stay safe, and as always, do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.